Change. If we wait for some other person, or if we wait for some other time, we are the ones we've been waiting for. cannot continue to rely only on our military in order to achieve the national security objectives that we've set. We've got to have a civilian national security force that's just as powerful, just as strong, just as well-funded. Primaries. 
So guess what we're going to do, our fun little group? We are going to uh we are going to do a special that day also. Uh we've done the uh you know the primary the primary night specials where it's an all night special. Um uh, honestly, <laughs> the last one that we did kind of flopped on its face just cuz cuz it was it wasn't a race, you know? It it's 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 like uh you know the the main event, you know, at a boxing match is you know you get to the main event and it's you know Five, five, or or the, or the UFC, you know, and, and like ten seconds into the match, there's a there's a knockout. Oh, that's great. I mean, yeah, it's all cool and all, but you know, I came to watch a fight. I paid for a fight. You know, we we were hoping that the that the uh, the the primary would would drag out a little bit more, but uh, you know, what's the point of doing a doing an all night special when <laughs> when the results are in a half an hour in, in during the first show. <laughs> But anyways, uh we <laughs> um I I I caught a reference to uh um Cyber Society and uh, I forgot to send her a little uh, a little invite. Anybody out there can take care of that for me now that I've got, I'm 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 into the show now by the time I realize it. Uh we were already going. So uh maybe uh G Ski or uh, reactionaries, I don't know if Beach Bum or Liberty Sun's on Twitter. Um but uh you know Grab her by the arm and drag her in here because you know she's uh she's fun to have in the show. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna be doing on March third. We're gonna be doing a uh, a su- uh, um, a Super Tuesday thing, and we're th- that's gonna be a race because not not only are many of those states gonna be closer races, they're in different time zones. So uh, you're gonna start with uh, Tesla um, and uh, I will say Doc Jones because he's done the last two. Um, Tesla and Doc Jones at seven o'clock. They go seven to nine. I'll do my show from nine to eleven, and uh, you know we'll we'll keep the um, you know we'll keep the uh, ball rolling basically uh, through into the night. And then uh, Jermaine um, uh, GGT, uh, he'll do his show at eleven, and he'll you know it's, they probably still won't have all the stuff in at, at that point. Um, maybe maybe what we can do check this, and I'll talk to him. Maybe we can get flyover territory, whose show comes on about an hour after Jermaine's started. I think they overlap about an hour, but he can take it a little further into the night. And, uh, you know, we can get a really honest-to-goodness all-night coverage. And uh, we're, you know, we're looking forward to that. I know it's going to be a, a really cool, um, you know, a really cool uh, uh, special Um Annie of Southern Sense will, uh, I'm sure, be uh, helping out Jermaine. Um, if not, she'll be, you know, she'll be popping in and out. She came to all the shows, I think, last couple times, posting, uh, you know, results as she comes in. And, you know, she's she's just a, a feverish little, you know, uh, computerizer who, who's monitoring, who's got like four or five computer screens around her. And, and, and she's rocking a netbook and, and uh, you know, she's got each one set up to a different news feed and she's just rocking them. So, uh, uh, cyber from alien zombie gals with boots. It was the boots, uh, reactionaries. So, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> it was the boots. That's what I thought you were talking about. Was it, was it not, uh, was I wrong on that one? You weren't talking about cyber? <laughs> oh, Southern, she's got bronchitis for her efforts. Oh, my goodness. I didn't even see you there, uh, Annie. Honestly, I didn't see you there. I was I was plugging you, whether I saw you there or not. I I just looked over and saw, <laughs> saw you that you had written something. But anyways, I don't want you to think I'm snubbing you. You send me these emails saying, <laughs> and then you say, "Just kidding." And I'm like, "How do I? I don't obviously. I don't. I don't. You know. I just. Uh, uh, what do you want from me, right?" <laughs> Dave is standing for Doc. Yes, yes, I'll be here. I'll be here all night. Uh, I'll be here, uh, and then uh, of course, like I said, we got uh, the roundtable roundup later on. Um, Tesla's a great, great show. Anita Gunn is uh, is popping into that show, and uh, it's always a, always a good night uh, when when that happens. And I'm just trying to I'm just trying to get the maintenance stuff out of the way. Um, let me see. Uh, tomorrow, Super Bowl. No, Sunday, Super Bowl. Su- Sunday. Yeah, Super Sunday. So, uh, Sunday, Super 
Super Tuesday. No, su- Super Super Bowl Sunday. I knew it was uh, something like that. Um, this guy's not black. Are you talking about me, G Ski? <laughs> My Patriots uh, are in the Super Bowl, um, and G Ski's Jets. I mean, uh, Giants. Who's in it? Who are they playing? The Giants. Yeah, G Ski's from New York, so he's a Giants fan. And I'm in New Hampshire, so I, you know, they kind of give us the whole New England, you know. So, uh, <laughs> so I'm a Patriots fan. Tesla's a Patriots fan too. So I don't know if there's any more Giants fans out there. He's really white. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, later on, I'm gonna be. Uh, I've, I've got some. I want to have a little bit of a discussion about this Romney thing, and I hope uh, Doc doesn't get mad at me because he, he. If you listen to our last primary show, Doc really supports uh, Romney, and um, you know he, he just is absolutely convinced that Romney's the guy for the job. And you know, there's um, there's a lot of race left yet, uh, but um, if he does end up with it. It'll be uh, besides the fact that he bought he bought it. Um, you know we're, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to seriously maintain this guy once once he you know if he gets in and he ends up winning somehow he is gonna have to seriously be maintained because his default position is that of squish. His feet, as Mark Levin says, are firmly planted in the air. If you know what I'm saying. All right. So uh right now let me uh let me take my uh take my break and uh we'll do the pledge of allegiance. So, sit tight. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. What do those words mean to you? To me, they say, thank you, America, for your strength, your courage, and for our freedom, which has been a beacon to the world for 200 years. Of the United States of America. Whose bright stars are 50 states, each bearing its own stamp of individuality. People. 200 million strong people who have come to her from all corners of the earth. And to the republic for which it stands. A land of laws an ingenious system of checks and balances that allows no man to become a tyrant and lets no group prevail if their power is not tempered with a real concern for the government. A land where the right of dissent and free speech is jealously guarded. Where the ballot box is the sword, and the people its wielded. One nation under God. A land where freedom of worship is the cornerstone of her being. A land graced with temples and churches, synagogues and altars that rise in profusion to embrace all the religions of the world. Indivisible. A land forged by the hot steel and raw courage, conformed forever the awful crucible civil war with liberty where man in pursuit of an honest life will not be denied his chance where her citizens move freely within her vast borders without hindrance or fear a land brimming with opportunity where freedom of choice is the guideline for all and justice the courts of our land are open to all Wheels of justice grind for all causes, all people. They look to every avenue for justice, every concern of the law, and they temper their reasoning with mercy for all. All right, 
just let that sink in. Just let that, just absorb all that. Roll around in it a little bit. Peel off your shirt. Because that's American exceptionalism. That's what I'm talking about. That's all I want. And that's not too much to ask. <laughs> we'll be right back. The competition has taken notice. Oh, my God. Good luck keeping up with us, <laughs> amateurs. Let's get together this weekend. This is Tesla, your host of the Internet Radio Talk Show, Socialism is Not an Option. Every weekend, we bring you three fantastic, exciting shows that are sure to make you laugh, cry, get angry, and even think. Start your weekend on Friday night with the Roundtable Roundup Edition. This show features other radio hosts and listeners who call in. And it's like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get when the show opens. Our Saturday program is the American Exceptionalism Edition that focuses on the Constitution and our founding fathers in light of today's current events emphasizing America's greatness. The American Exceptionalism Edition is for all patriots. And our Hot Topic program sizzles every Sunday as we analyze the important national and international issues with intelligent political analysis without the bells and whistles. If you want the truth without the distractions, Sunday is where you want to be. Join us every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday on the Internet Radio Talk Show, Socialism is Not an Option. That's www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Tesla. See you this weekend. Socialism is not an option. WWDB 24-7 Internet Talk Radio. Our real conservative knows Southern sense when he hears it. Listen to Annie, the radio chick in South Carolina on Blog Talk Radio every Tuesday and Friday. Annie is co-founder and webmaster of the Buford, South Carolina Tea Party, and she doesn't put up with those brainless northern liberals. Get your full dose of Southern sense every Tuesday and Friday on Blog Talk Radio. That's www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash southern dash sense for some real old-fashioned southern sense with Annie. I mean, it's something. It's not nothing. It's something. How important it is, we'll see. back to this is not stay mad radio but this is the guy from stay mad radio this is david graham sitting in for doc jones uh on the situation report thanks for uh coming in and uh hanging out with me and uh we've got some uh, uh hopefully i'm gonna <clears throat> i'm gonna get some uh interesting conversation going on here uh one uh wh- what i wanted to get to was this whole thing about um Romney and the oh I had to restart my computer so I lost the article that I had Romney and the uh the minimum wage um oh no here it is so um the republican I, I got this from uh Tiffany Gabe from the blaze um Republican presidential contender Mitt Romney renewed his support Wednesday for automatic increases in the federal minimum wage to keep pace with inflation. 
a position a position sharply at odds with traditional GOP business allies, conservatives, and the party's senior lawmakers. I haven't changed my thoughts on that, the former Massachusetts governor told reporters aboard his chartered campaign plane, <laughs> referring to a stand he has held for a decade. He did not say if he would ask Congress to approve the change if he wins the White House this fall. Congress first enacted federal uh, minimum wage legislation in 1938 and has raised it sporadically in the years since. The last increase, approved in uh, 2007, took effect in three installments and reached $7.25 an hour for covered workers, effective July 24, 2009. It has never been allowed to rise automatically, as Romney envisions. Uh, then it says, uh, says organized labor generally supports increases in the minimum wage, and Romney's position could give him a crossover appeal among blue-collar Democrats in a general election campaign. That's, that's interesting. Hold on. Organized labor generally supports increases in the minimum wage, and Romney's position could give him crossover appeal among blue-collar Democrats in general. All right. You'll see why I uh, I read that one twice uh, when I get to my sound clips. Um, Republicans have generally opposed attempts to raise it, although in 1996 the GOP-controlled Congress passed an election year increase that included a package of tax cuts for businesses and a, a sub-minimum wage to apply to new, younger employees. So you have a <laughs> so we have a minimum wage and a sub-minimum wage. After that, I mean, the only logical follow uh, follow up to that is a sub sub minimum wage, and the follow up to that is a sub 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 minimum wage, on and on and on. <laughs> At the time, lawmakers were considering the 2007 legislation. The U.S. Chamber of Commerce uh, registered its disapproval. Any minimum wage increase will significantly affect the bottom line of the nation's small business owners, said Bruce Justin, the executive vice president for government affairs at the organization, which says it represents more than 3 million businesses and organizations across the country. All right. I've got a friend of mine on the line here that wants to uh, weigh into the topic. Uh, reactionaries, what's up? Ain't no thing. How are you today, Dave? I am fine. Thank you very much. Fancy that. That's a good thing. Uh Okay, we all know what craft this whole minimum wage thing is, right? Well, we do, but they're still selling it. Right. The only thing is, is that there's nobody that is in, in at least with one toe in the pool of reality who believes that the minimum wage is anything other than yet another redistribution channel. That's true. So, true. so at what point, I mean, you know, should we, should we break down the fallacy of the minimum wage? Go ahead. I can do it. So uh, anyway, so let's I, I talk about the minimum wage. All right. I, I've got some uh, Milton Friedman clips. Uh, do you want to hear them first or after? Whatever works best for you, big guy. I'm all there. Yeah. Well, why don't so, we listen? To, why don't we listen to a clip and then uh, and then you know we can um, we can see uh, you know see where you're at and and maybe the uh, clip will. Um, Inspire some uh, someone else to call in too. What do you think? I'm all there for you, big guy. All right, I appreciate it. Uh, minimum wage two, minimum wage. All right, here we go. Um, this is one that I had, and then I got a couple of new newer ones um, clips. But uh, let's let's check out this clip, uh, Milton Friedman. Because the fact is that the programs that are labeled as being for the poor, for the needy almost always have effects exactly the opposite of those which their well-intentioned sponsors intend them to have. As an example, what are you referring to? Let me give you a very simple example. Take the minimum wage law. 
it's well-meaning sponsors. There are always, in these cases, two groups of sponsors. There are the well-meaning sponsors, and there are the special interests who are using the well-meaning sponsors as front men. You almost always, when you have bad programs, have an unholy coalition of the do-gooders on the one hand and the special interests on the other. The minimum wage law is as clear a case as you can want. The special interests are, of course, the trade unions, the monopolistic craft trade unions in particular. The do-gooders believe that by passing a law saying that nobody shall get less than $2 an hour or $2.50 an hour or whatever the minimum wage is, you are helping poor people who need the money. You are doing nothing of the kind. What you are doing is to assure that people whose skills are not sufficient to justify that kind of a wage will be unemployed. It is no accident that the teenage unemployment rate, the unemployment rate among teenagers in this country, is over twice as high as the overall unemployment rate. It's no accident that that was not always the case. Until the 1950s, when the minimum wage law or wage rate was raised very drastically, very quickly, teenage unemployment was higher than ordinary unemployment because, of course, the teenagers are the ones who are just coming into the labor market. They're searching and finding jobs, and it's understandable that on the average they would have a, uh, be unemployed more. But it was nothing like the extraordinary level it has now reached. It's close to 20%. Why? Because the minimum wage law is most properly described as a law saying employers must discriminate against people who have low skills. That's what the law says. The law says here's a man who would, has a skill which would justify a wage rate of a dollar and a half, two dollars an hour. You can't, you may not employ him. It's illegal because you have to, if you employ him, you have to pay him 250. Well, what's the result? To employ him two, at 250 is to engage in charity. Now, there's nothing wrong with charity, but most employers are not in a position where they can engage in that kind of charity. Thus, the consequences of minimum wage rates have been almost wholly bad to increase unemployment and to increase poverty. Moreover, the effects have been concentrated on the groups that the do-gooders would most like to help. The people who have been hurt most by minimum wage laws are the blacks. I have often said that the most anti-Negro law on the books of this land is the minimum wage rate. And so I think the real answer to your question is that you must not judge a bottle solely by its label. You have to look at what's inside and see what the law or the measure produces. If one looked at the label, though, and perhaps one of those government regulations that you would look askance at, at is that we look at labels. If one looked at the label and identified the objective of minimum wages, uh, are there no positive, legitimate object objectives achieved by minimum None wage? None whatsoever. In my opinion, there is absolutely no positive objective achieved by minimum wages. Its real purpose is to reduce competition for the trade unions and make it easier for them to maintain the wages of their privileged members higher than the others. But, well, it makes the people who make the laws feel better and feel like they're doing something. So, go ahead, reactionaries. Right, and, you know, base, my basic thinking along the lines for the, the minimum wage are exactly that, point for point, is that when you are new to the workforce, you are taking an entry-level position, an entry-level position meaning that you are starting at the bottom of this particular business in whatever capacity that business serves. Now, for me, my first, you know, real job was I was flipping burgers at Mickey D's in 72. Mm -hmm. Minimum wage was $1.60 at that point. So what... I, as an employee, needed to do was to show the people that I was working for that I could produce more than $1.60 an hour's worth of value to them, and if I could produce more than $1.60 an hour's worth of value to them, they would give me more money. Right. Right. Well, you um, thought about well, that at, at 16? Did I think about, you know, actually, the guy that I went to work for 
there. I mean, I walked in there on my 16th birthday, and I got a job. Yeah. And the dude that I work for, who's and I remember him to this day, his name was Scotty Hubbard. And he looked me square in the face, and he he looked at me, and he said, you know, all I expect out of you is an honest day's work for an honest day's pay. And that has been, you know, that has stuck with me, you know, and I'm like Tesla old now. <laughs> and it's still stuck with me after all this time. And, you know, it it goes that way even into my work life today. Right. You know, when I'm rocking and rolling and doing what I do, you know, I I have metrics that I can judge my performance by. You know, I can I can see how much I've sold on any daily basis. I can see how much profit I've made. I know about how much it costs them to keep me around. Yeah. And with those metrics, I can look at it and say, yeah, you know, I did I did a good job for my guys today. You know, if 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 there was some kind of a a, a meter, you know, where, where you know people when they when they punch in and punch out, you know, that with their now everything's computerized, you know. So so if it, if it measures the work that you did, you know, and uh, and and based it, you know, based based the um or or at least showed you what you produced for the day. That that would that would make a difference, don't you think? Well, I do have that. I can run a report that tells me what I did every day. No, I know, but I mean, you know, what you 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 seek it out. I'm saying people who you know they they go in and they're, and they're and they're talking and they barely look at the time clock and they you know they punch in and punch out and off they go. Oh you know? right, yeah. Uh, but those people, if you know, if if something popped up that said you know <laughs> you were worth. <laughs> yeah. Right. You, this, is, you, this is what you. This is what you made for me today. Yeah, five dollars an hour. So uh, just keep that in mind. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, no, I think that would be. You know, that would be an awesome meter to have. When it comes I mean, to laying off, guess what? <laughs> right. And you know the beauty of the beauty of the deal is is that, and you know, I'm sure you've worked with these guys too. I used to work with a when I was. Uh, painting cars and doing body work. Yeah. You know, I worked with a guy. I We walked in at the same time every morning. We punched in. He'd hit the clock, and he'd look at me, and he goes, eight hours, and I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, oh, my God. You know, it's like, how depressing are you? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Uh, no, you're right. I've, I've, I've seen that, you know, and then people that watch the clock all during the day, you know, they're spending more time wanting it to be time to go than they are, you know. They say they're making the time go. Then right, then I mean, and it um it it uh it creates um it's the it's the entitlement mentality on that level too, you know, on on the yeah. on the labor level, you know. Uh, I get to show up and and stay in you know stay here for this long and I'll get paid, you know. <laughs> right. So uh, and, let, me, let me play. You know, uh, I, go ahead, because I got well. I got another clip that I want to play. So if you had, if you need to finish up. No, no, go ahead. All right, it's another Milton Friedman clip, and it and it um, it it talk, actually this one mentions uh you know the fast food joint um type of thing, and uh, it was one that I hadn't heard before. But uh, here here is this one. This is a room in which hearings were held on the most recent increase in the minimum wage, for example. Who do you suppose testified here in favor of a higher minimum wage rate? Do you suppose it was representatives of the poor people who were supposedly being helped by the bill? Not a bit of it. The major people testifying for it were representatives of the American Federation of Labor, the AFL-CIO, the major organization of trade unions in this country. There's hardly a member of one of their trade unions who works for a wage anywhere close to the minimum wage. Despite all the rhetoric about helping the poor, they were in favor of a higher minimum wage for a very different reason. Because it would protect the members of their unions 
from competition from the lower and lesser skilled people. To see the effects of minimum wage um, laws in action, go to a place the, uh, like this, fast where they sell quick food and expensive food. food. You don't need much training to start work on this job. It used to be a traditional training ground for the unskilled. Not any longer, thanks to the minimum wage laws. From a worker's point of view, uh, the people that it was supposed to help, the people in some cases, it's hurting the most. Uh, such as minorities, unskilled labor, and young people. A businessman, especially a small businessman, cannot afford to bring in these people at, at the high wa at the higher wage. Uh, they are willing, however, to take apprentices and to train them. It's very difficult to do now uh, under the minimum wage laws. The golden age for America. All right, so so uh, you know that's just uh, more more reinforcement. Now now Romney's position is, and I and I read it in that article. His position is he wants the minimum wage to automatically increase according to inflation. Right, which is a total non-starter. Well, th that's something he can sell to socialists and 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 labor union people. I mean, <laughs> it's it's not without its attractiveness to them. Well, that's true. The only thing is, is that can he attract the two or three votes he's going to need in order to make up for all the real people that actually produce something of value he's going to lose? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the, and and he's defending his position. He doesn't, you know, it's like he doesn't realize that holding that position uh, is going to alienate people who are looking for a conservative. Right. You know, I mean, he's he he he's won two primaries now, so he can afford to you know start tacking back towards the middle and to the left. I say he can't yet. Now, you know he's going to. You know, I, I, you absolutely know that he's going to. But, well, uh, right. The only thing is, is that normally, you know, that is a post-convention move when, when you've solidified your base and then you tack towards center for the general. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but he's doing it now because he made that statement, what, a day or so ago, two days ago. Right. Well, I mean... He's been almost mute-like in his ineptness over the last couple of days. I mean, he gave the, uh, the I don't care about the poor statement at, uh, at in here in the People's Republic. And, you know, it's not been horribly, uh, it's not been horribly uh, super duper as far as his, wordsmithing skills have gone in the last few days. But uh, the idea, you know, let's consider who it is that this minimum wage thing is pandering to. You know, it's not uh, who makes minimum wage? No, Nobody really anymore. I mean... Nobody. Yeah, no, right. you can get a job minimum wage like working at a mall. You know, you get your face all full of crap, you know, and and you know tats and stuff like that. They'll pay you minimum wage. Um, right. And and uh, you know, but but there's there's people who need those jobs now, and they're forcing you know the 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 metal faced kids to uh, you know to to not be able to to get a job at the mall because those are going to you know. Older people who have been laid off and are just trying to do something, you know, they they they're already established in their life. They've got uh, you know obligations and 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 things like that. So you know they got two or three. They're rocking two or three of those jobs if they can, and you know they're lucky to be able to do so if they can. So right, yeah. But the thing I'm saying is that when we hear the the Libby's up pushing crap like this, and you know. Well, you know, then there really isn't any doubt that it's just crap. Mm -hmm. uh, that, you know, they're talking about, you know, oh, it's blah, 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 family this, blah, 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 family that. Well, you know, it's really not true because, you know, all these people that you're alleging to help by jacking the minimum wage, mm. you know, they're not 
working for minimum wage. They can't afford to work for minimum wage. You know, there aren't unskilled, you know, let, let's let's there, take there unskilled door, knob shakers that are raising families on their minimum wage. It's right. just not a, it's just not a happening deal. Now, in my mind, okay, I, I I did okay in math, okay. Let's put let's put the idea down on paper. And my my thinking is it doesn't even work there because okay, you've got a business. They have a they have sales. Their sales cover the cost of their overhead. Their overhead includes their uh, labor costs, okay, and all that's involved with that. Now. <laughs> You raise, you force them to raise their labor costs for the same sales. Those sales aren't going to cover the new, the the higher labor costs, right? So that's correct. So uh, so they're they're going to have to raise their prices, okay? And now so far, the person that works there and they got the higher minimum wage. And wants to buy products from the place they work. That's a that's a that's a, a, a net wash, isn't it? You know, if they didn't get a raise, they wouldn't have to pay the the higher prices, right? Right. Well, and but, know, to but the, the point other... of when we were talking about taxes, you know, and taxing and taxing the rich and all that stuff too. That money, of course, and that that increase in the cost of doing business is not going to be borne by the businesses themselves. Mm-hmm. They're going to be passed on to the end user. Absolutely, yeah. And that's, 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 what, that's what we're talking about at every point along the way here. You know, which was hence my point last night is that this isn't, and this redistribution isn't really, you know, taxing the the one percent isn't isn't the point. That's just smoke and mirrors. The real part, or in the real. Uh, the real story behind it is putting the squeeze on the middle on the middle people in order to create the two class system uh-huh. where you'll have the nobility and the serfs now you know what i i just i just heard a um i heard paul ryan being interviewed by levin okay it was on i think it was last night's show and Paul Ryan was saying that the taxes that they're um presenting do not cover don't do not come close to covering the costs of what he's spending. And that's the point. You know what? I want to just see if I can um hold there's on now. An automatic increase. All right, hold on. I got a I got a time stamp here, 136. Because it might be worth just to take a quick listen to this. Since you brought that up, um, I, I I wrote this down because I you know if I had time I wanted to uh, I wanted to cover it. Let me see where I'm at here. There is a lot of American opponent like I typically do. Okay, hold on. They yeah, well you know it's it's right. a fight. And this is Paul Ryan talking we about we understand his progressivism Wisconsin because it's where the Progressive Party was founded, and we know what it means, and we know the doctrine, we know the results, and we know how it's. Basically, the antithesis of um, our founding principles. So, you know, we have a we have a big battle, and uh, <clears throat> we're ready for it. And it's we're going to get on with it in Wisconsin. By the way, I just had dinner with my brother-in-law, who was your veterinarian when your dog was sick. I don't know if you remember that. He's a he's a good man. Were yeah. you both uh, bow hunting? All right. We're... Uh, not tonight. No, it's out of season. But he and I are both big bow hunters, and we do bow hunt quite a bit together. But it's it's not that time. We just had dinner here on Capitol Hill. Well, what I'm talking about is letting the bush, the top rates, the bush tax cuts expire, mm-hmm. letting those tax rates go up, which is what he's always right. talking about. Hold on, just that a pays for eighty percent of his spending. The other ninety-two percent is borrowed money. That is crucial information. So here's my question. Okay, here we go. If we raise taxes the way Obama wants to raise taxes, did I hear you say that would account for about eight percent of the spending he wants to do? Is did I hear that right? That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you get this impression. That all we have to do is just tax the rich guy, you know, that lives at the end of the really nice street in your hometown, and that pays for all of our problems. It these tax increases he's talking about, they don't go to the deficit. They don't go to reducing the debt. They only pay for eight percent of the spending he has put in place. 
The other 92% of the spending is borrowed money. That's the path we're on. So what what I'm talking about is letting the the top rates, the Bush tax cuts, expire, Mm -hmm. letting those tax rates go up, which is what he's always talking about. That pays for 8% of his spending. The other 92% is borrowed money. That is crucial information. Okay. So um, I found that to be quite interesting as a side point as far as, you know, what they're going to do, with it, what the taxes are going to do. That'll take care of 8% of the spending that he's proposed, which is amazing. But uh, I, I want to get back to Romney. <laughs> I, get, I get distracted. <laughs> it's my ADD. Well, yeah, no, not, not necessarily. I mean, it all falls together because what we're looking at is that even if you confiscated every yep. dime that the so-called 1% made in any given year, you couldn't touch 1% of the debt. You know? Yeah. And to and it's still to not, you know, and to not understand, and to not understand that, and not to be able to to express that to people on a daily basis in a way that makes sense to them. That, I mean, the leadership. Well, I believe that the leadership in the House is a disgrace. There is no leadership in the Senate. And the dinosaur the dinosaur GOP is just as elitist as the rest of them. Yeah, that's true. And that's... I mean, and the solution is to go back to 2006 spending level. Yeah. And in 10 years, you're done. As long as you don't increase your, you know, as long as you you don't increase anything along the way. I mean, in ten years, who ha- who who in that in that body is going to have this, the kind of self control necessary, you know, to um, to not raise any spending? Well, nobody, and that's the point of the revolution, and that's that's the point of the the subversion from within. Yeah. Of the Tea Party taking over the the dying hulk of the GOP is right. to bring the people in. We've got the first the first few in now and having these things snowball itself. And I mean there are going to be, you know, even even with what we've done so far, there's necessarily gonna have to be a purge of the newbies. Because they're, you know, they're human just like everybody else, and they take and and they've there's a few of them that have caved just as quickly and just as fast, and are just as guilty as any longtime member of Congress. Yeah. You know. It's true. Nikki yeah. Haley is the prime example. I mean, as far as being the obvious the obvious, obvious sellout. Well, she, that, that's the one. She, she endorsed Romney, right? And and, and kind of shunned, yeah. uh, shunned the Tea Party on that one. Right. Uh, yeah. Now, I, okay, I I don't, I don't agree, okay? Um, and uh, I, I, I don't agree with what she did, but, um, what I do kind of understand, it's the kind of thing where Sarah Palin kind of had to endorse uh, 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 John McCain for his Senate. You know what I mean? When you're when you're on the team, you kind of have to do what they say if you want to get any further up the team. Now, the fact that that I think that whole system is wrong. Um, well, I do. I, I I think the whole system is wrong. Um, you know, I think uh, we need to we need to root out the um you know the 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 top people up there that keep putting up the squishes you know that keep putting up the rhinos and keep putting up the the liberals you know re- republican or or democrat liberals liberal 
you know, and one's, you know, one's socialist and, and one is, um, one is, uh, you know, socialist light. Go ahead. Exactly. And what, and this is what I'm talking about when it comes to the, to the purge. Now, are you semi up to speed on the, uh, on the redistricting that they're doing on Allen West? Yes. As of as of so, a day or so ago, right, and and I and I so heard, that's not that's not reprisal from the establishment. No, it is. Uh, I mean, it, we 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 think it is because what else could it be? Um, exactly. Yeah, uh, it's it's. Uh, I heard. Um, I don't remember where I heard it. It was on one of these. Uh, one of these round table table things where there was a liberal complaining about Alan West saying, you know, he he's even having to change his district to, to run or something like that. And I was like, no, you retard. He's getting written out of his district. So in order to stay in Congress, he has to change his district and run in a different district. Of course. Right. Now, I, I, I am going to leave him free for a VP run. Yeah. Um. Wow, the, the, thing, the thing just filled up. Uh, Todd, Toddy just uh, came in the room. Toddy, I'm only I've only got like five or six minutes left, so uh, I, I I want you to know it's it's not a pickle. I'm going I'm going to be there at Tesla's too. He's sending me little instant messages saying you guys put me in a pickle. I want to go to this show because I need a guns there, and then but you guys are bashing Romney. I got to be involved. <laughs> <laughs> be involved We'll pick up the slack for you, Toddy. <laughs> he says, "Right, I need a gun or not, I'm there." <laughs> you missed all the good stuff. <laughs> oh yeah. So, so uh, my, the whole point of this show was was to kind of like point out the whole the stance on the minimum wage. I don't know why he's tacking back to the left so early. Um, other than the obvious, that's what he thinks, you know, I mean, somebody's advising him to do that. I mean, he's got advisors and, you know, they ought to really say, you know, not yet. You got to, you got to gather up if you're, if you really are going to be the one and, you know, you've got to, you've got to rally that base because they're going to stay home. You know, I already know somebody who's going to stay home if Romney's the, the, uh, <laughs> if Romney's the, well, I mean, and, and Rush had brought this up probably sometime within the last couple months that this is the complete op he's doing the complete opposite the you know the the strategy is uh the complete opposite of what it normally is which is to consolidate the base and then tack to the tack to the center in order to con- in order to get the uh get the independents and the alleged blue dogs right. uh but I think it's it, this is way more complex at that point because now they're openly courting the undecideds and crapping on the base. And as the third, as the third leg of this stool of stupidity, you still got uh, you have another divisive force in the middle of it, which of course would be the Paulites. And who are notorious for picking up their ball and going home? Yeah, yeah. While we could have a nice little a nice little chunk of youngsters coming in who understand the principles that Paul's talking about, who have the capacity to to be tea partiers if it's presented in a way that. That ends in bed. <laughs> that doesn't offend their dope smoking sensibilities. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, we could have a nice little chunk there. Yeah. And that that's what that's what the gig is. I mean, this is why the idea of the first brokered convention in our lifetimes is a real, real possibility. Yeah. Well. <clears throat> Well, you know what? Uh, I'm going to leave it there because, like I said, the only thing I wanted to do was was kind of uh, point out that Romney does not have conservative reflexes. His his uh, instincts don't lend to conservatism, and it's it's uh, you know he's he's being um, 
He's he's swerving he's swerving over to the left with this minimum wage thing, and you know if that doesn't expose him uh, to Doc, I don't know because Doc is Doc's behind him. You know, Doc likes him, and you know as much as Doc plays the Milton Friedman clips and and the Ayn Rand clips, you know, uh, you know I would think that um, I would think that uh, that might that might. Uh, carry some weight with him but uh but we're coming down to the end of the show uh, i want you all to go to tesla's uh tesla's show uh the link is up in the room uh if you're if you're a guest in the room maybe you can drag your mouse across that link that was put up there by 2020 network and you can copy and paste it into your uh into your browser um or you can uh, find uh tesla's uh find a tweet from tesla and and click the link there and um you know that's uh I'm gonna I'm gonna head right over there. Uh, I will probably um, I, I will probably be a, a few minutes late, but uh, you know he's he's used to that. Uh, and I'm gonna close out with uh, a song uh, I remixed for Doc, and uh, there's a lyric warning with this one. So if you don't like it, you know it's his. So here there it is. But Obama wants to own the word fair and the phrase middle class, and yet who has done more destruction to working people in this country than Obama? Why isn't it proper to point out the Democrat base is made up, for the most part, of the nation's losers? Free enterprise can do a better job of producing the things that people need than government can. Thank you, reactionaries, for calling in. No problem, my friend. Less government and less taxes and more freedom for the people. Iran, Cuba, Venezuela, these countries are tiny compared to the Soviet Union. I want to thank everybody for showing up. I know it's a rare Friday night show. Uh, Doc kind of... Doc kind of uh, messaged me and uh, and asked me if I'd do his show again tonight because he does intend. As our nation honors its unbroken line okay. of fallen heroes, and I see many of them in, in the audience here today. So uh, he he said uh, he's going to uh, be doing Friday shows uh, on a regular basis, but he couldn't do tonight. Um, asked me to asked me to uh fill in for him and I'm uh, obviously uh, honored and delighted to do that for him but uh let's say uh hi to the chat room we got Toddy Littman came in a little bit late but that's okay we got uh uh Swing Easy Southern Sense uh Sarge 60 thanks for coming in Sarge we got reactionaries Melinda we got a few guests we got Evil Clown we got Cyber Society Beach Bum Alexander Solo 2020 Network of course that is GCE Rocks Thank you all very much, and uh, we'll see you next week. This is it for Doc. Uh, I'll see you over at Tesla's show uh, right at 9 o'clock. He'll be starting, so take care.
I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! 